Good morning. Today is Tubashvat. Tubashvat is one of those Jewish holidays. You know how people say another Jewish holiday? Well, it's one of the Jewish holidays that people don't really know about because it's not necessarily biblical. Uh, it's actually written in the Talmud, and it says, um, it says that on the fifteenth month of the Hebrew calendar month of Shvat, there will be a new year for trees. Now, it's actually, the funny thing is, in the Talmud, when it describes it, it's actually the, the talking about the legal implications of taking tithes. There's a, there's a, a legal issue of taking 10% from all the fruits. And so that's what it's talking about. But about 500 years ago, the Kabbalists started revealing a deeper meaning to Tubishvat. They they taught that Tubishvat is an opportune time for rectifying the transgression of Adam and Eve. Now, amazingly, just through the simple act of eating fruit during Tubishvat today, we are able to contribute to what's called tikkun, to repairing something that was done in the beginning of time that needs repair. So it's a beautiful idea, especially if you understand biblically what the implications are and what happens, but how? How are we fixing the transgression of Adam and Eve in the tree of knowledge by eating fruit today. So let's first explain the transgression. And then I think we can understand the, the mystical meaning of Tubishvat and why eating fruit is a way to celebrate it. The, the Torah says that God put Adam and Eve in the garden and the words, I'm not going to use the Hebrew because I know in our community, Hebrew throws people off. So I'm just going to use the English here. That that the, the, the Bible says to work it and to guard it. Now, Jewish oral tradition teaches us that this working and guarding it refers to the do's and the don'ts of the Torah. There's positive and negative mitzvot. The do's are called positive mitzvot. And the don'ts are called negative mitzvot. So Adam and Eve were given very little to do. It just says, eat from all the trees in the garden. And their don't was a single prohibition. Not to eat fruit from what was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So there's this beautiful garden that they're living, it's called Gan Eden, it's called the Garden of Eden, and they are loving it, there's lots of trees, there's lots to eat, and you know in the back corner over there, you know that tree, yeah, yeah, the one all the way back there, just don't touch it, because that resembles the potential of evil, and as long as you don't touch it, evil, evil is a 
thought. It's a potential. The Torah teaches that God created the world so that we could experience goodness in general and God's goodness in particular. Experiencing his goodness, uh, uh, bonding with God, is one of the greatest joys imaginable. So God empowers us to bond with him by serving his purpose for creation. That's why mitzvah comes from the word safta. It's a connection. It's a way that we can connect to God. So just as when we do for others, we feel connected to them, right? The act of giving makes us feel connected to others. So serving God enables us to bond with God by giving to God. Ironically, serving God is actually self-serving. It's profoundly fulfilling and pleasurable. So there's actually a double. Now, we're not supposed to feel the 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 joy of of we know we should not feel self-serving when we serve God, but there is a side benefit to it. If we eat and enjoy the fruits of this world for God's sake, because this is what God asks of us, then we're actually serving and bonding with him. We serve God by acknowledging that that, that the fruits of this world are his gifts to us. And by willfully accepting and enjoying those gifts, we connect. The, the, the root of Jewish life, enjoyment, the pleasure of connecting to God. We connect to God by, by serving him. And this means obeying his command and enjoying the fruits of the world. So let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve, their entire obligation was to enjoy all the lush fruits. With the notable exception of one forbidden fruit. Enjoy everything you want, just not that one. And sure enough, they went after that one. Because easy come, easy go. So this misdeed demonstrated their confused their confused orientation to the real meaning of pleasure rather than seeing the fruits as pleasurable because they are gifts and enjoying them as part of the service of god they wanted to partake of them independently of god almost i would say well contrary to god's will so real pleasure Real pleasure, according to Kabbalah, is experiencing a connection with God. We enjoy the ultimate spiritual pleasure when we enjoy physical pleasures of this world as part of a divine service. Think about some of the things that 
Christianity would say, oh, is untouchable, it's evil, and have and has become uh, like, you know, this taboo topic within the world today because of that. You know, it's sinful. Actually, to us, is holy. We think the exact opposite. It's one of the holiest acts that someone can do. Instead of it looking at it as like, oh, it's sinful, it's actually holy. And that is such a paradigm shift by looking at it through the lens of Judaism and through the lens of Kabbalah. So the act of receiving and enjoying God's gifts to us, what it does is it transforms into a, a selfless act of serving God. Now, based on this, we can understand that that God's only desire in in getting in giving Adam and Eve those two mitzvot was to give them ultimate pleasure, give them a very easy way, almost a childlike way of bonding with the the Father. Right? We call God Father. The reason, I mean, their relationship is Father. Our relationship with God is more husband. A different story but we've gone it's not about uh, the patriarchy it's more about uh about the fact that at sinai we married god and we are the traditional woman in the relationship so true pleasure was not in the the taste of the fruits but in eating and enjoying these gifts from god this was the way to to serve God and to connect the ultimate pleasure. But Adam and Eve, look, you can't blame them to a certain extent. They're a few hours old. They misunderstood this. They didn't see physical pleasure as the conduit to spiritual pleasure. Rather, they wanted to find pleasure independent of God. And they thought that's going to be the answer. So this is the root of all wrongdoing. Not evil, but wrongdoing. When instead of seeing the pleasure of this world as a gift from God, enjoying them in the service of God and using them as conduits to a connection, we seek pleasure independent of any connection to a higher power. In other words, it's the pleasure about us, or is it the pleasure about our relationship with a higher power? That's essentially the question. And it's a great question that the Kabbalists have been asking for years. I want to explain one more thing. There's a fundamental difference between having pleasure and receiving pleasure. If we want to have pleasure, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Having Pleasure is, is a void of any connection to a reality greater than ourselves. It's simply a, a selfish desire to experience a particular pleasure for its own sake. Receiving pleasure, on the other hand, is deeply rooted in the soul's desire to serve a higher purpose, which is to receive the ultimate joy of connecting to a higher purpose. So Adam and Eve eat 
from the forbidden fruits because they're confused about their purpose on earth. And as a result of that, they're also confused about what's truly pleasurable in this world. They're clueless about what would bring meaning and joy in life. After they make this, this fatal mistake, God says to them in the Torah, because you ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from, the earth has become cursed. Now, God was not punishing the earth because of Adam and Eve's transgression. Rather, and I'm trying to find the right words for this, because it's very sensitive here. He's informing them that their, their distorted orientation towards physical pleasure has turned the earth into a source of curse rather than a source of blessing for them and their descendants. So depending on how we view the physical world, it's cursed or it's blessed. If we look at the physical world as a conduit to a connection with a higher power, and if as a service to a higher power to God, and we gratefully received and we receive the, the gift of delicious fruits. And because of that, we experience uh, the presence of a higher power in the physical world. Then the physical world becomes blessed. The physical world then it becomes a bridge between human and divine. That's the point of the physical world. But if we fixate on the physical, independent of any relationship with God, and then we mistakenly perceive this world as the source of our pleasure. As somebody told me once, life is short, just live it up. Then the world becomes a barrier to God and it's cursed for us. And I think now, based on this duality, we can understand the transgression of Adam and Eve. And maybe we could begin to appreciate how today on Tu B'Shvat, we can contribute to the rectification. On Tu B'Shvat, new sap begins to rise into the trees. And we bring uh, abundance to this process when we celebrate. The celebration of the new sap. This is almost, for us that are experiencing here in Montreal, these below zero temperatures. We say, Tu B'Shvat, it's the beginning of spring. And we're like, yeah, right. But yes, it is the beginning of spring. The Talmud says that more than a baby wants to suck, a mother wants to nurse. And the mother not only gets tremendous pleasure from nursing her baby, but the flow of her milk is actually generated by the baby sucking. The more the baby wants to suck, the, the more the milk has to give. And so this is a great metaphor, analogy for our relationship with God. God wants to give us the greatest of all pleasures, which is a connection. That's what mitzvah is, safta, connection. But if we don't recognize that gift, to be the greatest pleasure 
and we don't want it, then we can't give it, right? The great question in, in Jewish philosophy from for many years, who's more important, the giver or the taker, the giver or the receiver? The giver needs a receiver. So God wants to give, but we need to receive. Now, of course, God could give it to us, but it would just be a waste because we wouldn't recognize what it is. So what happens? On Tubishvat, we take a fruit. And traditionally, we're supposed to take a fruit that we haven't had this season. So a new fruit, something that is special, something that maybe we wouldn't have before. And before enjoying it, we recite a blessing and we say, Blessed are you, God, our King, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the tree. In other words, what we're saying in this blessing is you, God, are the source of this blessing. And in doing this, we attempt to rectify the transgression of of Adam and Eve so many years ago. And in this case, an apple, which was not the fruit that was on the tree. Sorry, Michelangelo. I know you wanted something red because it looked good in your painting, but it wasn't an apple. So in this, an apple is not just an apple. An apple becomes a blessing. And maybe I could believe that apples come from trees, but a blessing can only come from a higher power. If we really contemplate the mystery and the miracle of the taste, of the fragrance, of the beauty, of the nutrition wrapped up in this apple. I see that it's more than just a fruit. It's a wondrous, loving gift from God. When I taste an apple with that kind of consciousness, I can't but experience the presence of a higher power within the physical. When I recite a blessing before I eat and acknowledge that it's a gift from God, what I'm doing is revealing the, divini- the, the divinity within it. And then the transient sensual pleasure of the food is transformed because it's filled with an eternal spiritual pleasure. And then the food feeds not only my body, but also my soul. But if I don't eat it with a blessing, Jewish law says it's as if I stole the food. Maybe it'll nourish. Maybe it'll bring pleasure to my body. But it will do nothing for my soul. And so my soul will remain dormant. The soul is only nourished when it experiences its eternal connection to a higher power. And I think today, Antu B'Shvat, is an opportune time to celebrate how eating and enjoying the fruit of the trees, the physical pleasures of this world, can be a bridge to a higher power. How it can bring blessing to the earth. And when we enjoy the fruits of the previous year, as wonderful gifts, I think we're affirming our yearning for a higher power to manifest in the fruits. We're like the baby sucking its mother's milk with great appetite. We, we draw forth 
with great abundance the milk of the earth, that the sap in the trees rise up with great abundance so they can bear fruit in the coming year. And so, unlike Adam and Eve, who sought pleasure separate from this world, separate from their soul, separate from a higher power, who turns physical pleasure into a barrier with God. We, you and I, on Tubashvat, today, we enjoy the fruits as God's gift and experience their pleasure as a connection with God. And this is the way, in a very small way, that we can rectify that transgression of Adam and Eve. And more than rectify it, we can change the world and bring heaven down to earth, bring spirituality into this world. where We free the earth from being a curse to us, and we transform it into a bridge so that it becomes an incredible blessing. And that was the point of God creating the world in the first place, is for it to be a blessing for all of us. And so today, I encourage you to go find a fruit, a fruit maybe that you haven't had this season, and make a blessing on it. And think of the connection with the trees. Think of the connection with the past. Think of the fact that apples don't grow in aisle two, that they have a source. And reconnect to the land. And through that, I think that that sensitivity and that consciousness will bring about a great blessing.